That's it. I'm turning back. I know your family's waiting. I know it's an important day. All right, we'll give it a try. I'll set your coordinates. You won't jump far. I'll get you back there in time, pal. Trust me. Our only hope now is to outrun that Imperial garbage scow, though. I'm going to light speed. That's the spirit. You'll be celebrating life day before you know it. Stand by. Here's where we say goodbye to our unpleasant friends. Hello and welcome to the Star Wars Book Community Podcast for this very special episode, uh, the special Life Day episode, celebrating Life Day uh, and the 1978 holiday special in all its beautiful weirdness. Uh, I'm Johnny Maynor and uh, I'm not alone. Joining me today is one of the usual suspects, Dan McQuarrie. How you, Dan? Hey, how you doing, man? Uh, I, I'm, I'm good. It's great to be here. Uh, I love Life Day. I kind of love the 1978 holiday special. Um, it's good that someone does. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I'm really excited to talk to you about it, Dan, because I know that um, you, you, you've taken one for the team here and you have watched it for the very first time. That's correct. Literally yeah. in, in the last couple of hours. So yep. you're, you're, you're feeling raw and fresh <laughs> and it's, it's all very real. <laughs> yep. Yep. I have thoughts. I'm sure you do. I think we all do um, after, that, after that first viewing. Um, but we, we want to talk a little bit about the 1978 holiday special today. It being Life Day, it being the anniversary of the 78 holiday special, 17th November. Um, uh, we've also got a little, a little treat for you as well. Um, we've got an interview with uh, film director and producer Kyle Newman, uh, who was the producer of a very new documentary about the making of the 1978 holiday special. Um, so, so keep on listening to get that in due course. Um, but yeah, first things first. I mean, Dan, b- b- before I made you watch it, <laughs> what? <laughs> What was your sort of general awareness of the 1978 holiday special? You know, was it something yeah. that was in the ether? When did you discover it? Or when did you hear about it? So so the holiday special, I guess, is always something I've been aware of. Um, I think maybe from, I reckon maybe the past sort of 15, 16 years, I've been mm. quite engaged in sort of like the online sort of film sort of discussion community, whether it's through YouTube or sort of later on, sort of closer to now podcasts. So I've always sort of been around or been listening to to, to people who have talked about Star Wars and something that has always been mentioned in the sort of, oh, and that holiday special that we don't talk about Mm -hmm. has always been this holiday special. So I've sort of known about it. I've known that it's not necessarily been popular with Star Wars fans or non-Star Wars or sort of movie fans. Um, and I've always known that like Hamill and Ford and Fisher always sort of joked about how they did it, but it was kind of that thing that they did, but they don't really talk about. It's always had that yeah. element of, but I've never decided to sit down and watch it. But that's, reason i guess yeah yeah there's that anecdote and you know it may well be apocryphal who knows about george lucas saying at one point that you know if he could gather every bootleg copy of it in the world uh, and sort of stick it in a landfill he would you know um yeah yeah it it certainly seems to have gone through a phase over the years where uh, during most of his life that where everybody involved kind of disowned it you know um but what i find really interesting is, is that actually in recent years star wars creators have kind of come back to it they've kind of gone back to the well on it yeah you know I, and I, it, I guess yeah i guess that's what i was gonna sort of say just there in terms of the sort of completion of that journey for me is that there was an element of disownment from 
the creators, but also the fans. I think there was a good chunk of time when no one yeah. really talked about it at all, uh, which is why I never felt like I was missing out not watching it. But then, as you were saying, sort of recently, sort of comic um, writers have started to reference Life Day more, book um, authors have referenced it more. We've had the Life Day Treasury, we've had the Life Day comic, we've had sort of Chewbacca's family being canonised in Aftermath. So that was where it started to sort of be become more sort of um, noticeable to me again. Yeah, it's kind of been sort of weirdly rehabilitated by Star Wars <laughs> storytellers of a certain age who kind of, you know, everybody's kind of in on the joke, I think. You know, no one's yeah. saying that this is great Star Wars, but yeah. it's kind of like, yeah, yeah, remember that thing? You know, wasn't that weird? <laughs> um, okay, I mean, I, I, I think I'd struggle to identify when I first learned of it, possibly in the late 90s when I was at university and the internet was young <laughs> and, um, you know, finding my way online to sort of fan sites and stuff for the first time. And just, it'd be this thing that was sort of just referred to. And there might be sort of a couple of minutes worth of it that if you clicked on a link and waited half an hour for it to download, you'd sort of get to watch. You'd be like, what the ever loving heck is this <laughs> you know, yeah. that I've just waited half an hour to watch. Um, but I mean, I, it probably was into the, mid to late noughties when full length versions of it were hitting platforms like YouTube, I guess, you know, I, I, and, and, and in the decades before that, you know, I, I, I'm informed that there was a thriving trade in sort of under the counter bootlegs at sort of comic cons and stuff, you know, if you, if you, if you do the sort of the, the speakeasy password, you know, the guy would, yeah. would, would reach under the, would reach under the table, um, you know, which, and, which I think, I mean, I'll get to my thoughts on the actual holiday special later, but I think the the cult which has been created around it is almost more interesting than the artifact itself. Yeah. So yeah. So the way that you know, as you said, there was this whole thing about people wanting to get a hold of VHS because it was almost something Lucas didn't want anyone to get hold of. Yeah. The the sort of the the little sort of cartoon segment, which was like the first official introduction of Boba Fett which mm. has its own sort of legacy as well yeah um I've noticed on Disney plus that they whilst they don't have the holiday special on there they Hells do have, no <laughs> they do have the Boba Fett short yeah. animated bit and the Ewok movie and the droid yeah. show under yeah. that sort of vintage catalog they even released a little golden book adaptation of the faithful Wookiee the Boba Fett uh, right. cartoon you know, so, so it, it's reached print media in the form of a children's book, which is wacky. I mean, you, you, you know, you, you've seen it now. So you've seen the animation style. You've seen how crazy Han looks in particular. Yeah. Like weird. Chin. <laughs> Imagine seeing that in not moving, but still as an image in a children's picture book. It is. <laughs> it's very strange. It's very, yeah. very strange. Yeah. OK, well, I mean, I think without further ado, um, We'll take a quick break. We're going to head on over to the the conversation that I had with with uh, film director and producer Kyle Newman about this new documentary that he's made um, uh, about the the making of the nineteen seventy eight holiday special. The documentary is called A Disturbance in the Force, and uh, Kyle had some really interesting things to say. Really, some really interesting insights uh, about not only the holiday special but sort of the you know. The, sort of the cultural milieu that it emerged into and sort of the you know the holiday special phenomenon in, in, in American TV at the time, that sort of thing. So let's hear what Kyle has to say about, about the new documentary and then we'll, uh, we'll reconvene uh, and chat a bit about our own thoughts about the holiday special. I'm joined now by none other than director and producer Kyle Newman, uh, known to many Star Wars fans out there as the director of Fanboys, and uh, more recently as the producer of new documentary about the 70th holiday special, A Disturbance in the Force. Kyle, welcome to the Star Wars Book Community Podcast. Thanks for having me on. It's great to be here. When I saw a recent report, I think it was on Fanta Tracks, uh, about the new documentary, and I saw your name attached to it, I, I had to read reach out and see if you could spare a few moments with us, um, knowing that we were going to be chatting about the 78 special. Uh, first things first, I mean, you're you're a Star Wars fan of a, of a certain vintage, probably not too 
dissimilar from myself. I'm, I'm a, I'm a fan of a certain vintage as well. What was, what was your first experience with the 78 holiday special? Were you watching it on TV in 78 or did it come along a little later for you? I think it's hard to know. It was 1978. I think I saw part of it, but I, I okay. think I re- we had a, an event at an, at an aunt or uncle's house. And so I was upset that I was missing it because it was airing yeah. on TV. We might have saw the beginning of it. And then we got in the car, drove like 30 or 40 minutes. And I got back in the house. I got to sleep like towards the end. I was really upset that I didn't get to see the whole mm-hmm. thing. I remember I think I fell asleep before it even finished because it wasn't the most <laughs> exciting thing. I was tiny. <laughs> I was like two yeah. years old, but I, I was obsessed with yeah. stars already. Um, so then I re-experienced it, um, experienced it really for the first time completely. Um, 90, yeah. so it was like 1992. I went to New York Comic Con and there was a guy peddling Star Trek goods. And underneath his table, he had a dusty box filled with Star Wars, uh-huh. is what he called it. You know, And back then, Star Wars was, was like very cultish. Yeah. It wasn't mainstream. Yeah. You know, it had, it had gone into hibernation and it wasn't the behemoth it is today. And it was on the, the precipice of just becoming a cult film, yeah. irrelevant. You know, if George didn't resurrect it and do the things he did with publishing and stuff to revitalize the brand in the early 90s with novelizations yeah. and comic books and action figures and the special edition, it could have gone a very yeah. different way. So I got this thing and I was like, Oh my god! I think it was it was expensive. It was like thirty dollars in the nineties for a VHS that was really crummy because it was coveted. And um, I collected a few other cassettes of it. Uh-huh. You know, at the Jersey Shore, there was one one vendor sold like bootlegs and stuff, and he had a copy of it, and he claimed it was the best. So I got that mm-hmm. one. You know, in the late nineties, and I got other versions of it, different people's recordings. Um, so it was always there as like a just like a little Easter egg in your in your yeah. fandom and if people had never heard of it you're like wait you've never heard of this wait hold on a second and then once the internet came around you could show people yeah clips from it and be like you gotta see chewbacca's father with diane carroll <laughs> it's the most inappropriate thing that's ever aired on cbs yeah and people can't believe it's yeah. it's real um so the internet i think really it had a second yeah, end, sure. and the internet really pushed it over the edge. So now you can go watch it if you dare. And it's fascinating. There's great stuff in it. There's horrible stuff in it. And what the documentary gets into is it explores the how and the why. Mm-hmm. We talk to everybody who's with us still that made this thing. We're talking the director, the director who replaced the director, the original writers, Lucasfilm liaisons, 20th Century Fox reps, costume designers, set decorators, dancers, everybody that's around. Plus there's a layer of pop culture context to it with Weird Al Yankovic and Patton Oswalt, Seth Green, Paul Shear, Taron Killam. You've got great Steve Sansweet and Gus Lopez showing parts of their collections, um, rare items. Wow. So we wanted to be comprehensive with it, but also just look at it in a well-rounded way because everyone has a pre-made opinion on this. That's horrible and it's not great, Mm. but you have to understand why, it wasn't great. And you also, to do that, have to understand 1970s television, American television landscape. What was the variety show? Yeah. Star Wars didn't invent this horrible format. Star Wars was merely plugged into it as a marketing tool. And I think once you understand that, then you can look at it in a new light. And we also talked to Donny Osmond, who had this Star Wars on the Osmond, yeah. which was unprecedented. You know, you had the stormtroopers doing like Rocket dancing and Chris Christopherson as Han Solo. And we talked to Jefferson Starship, Pete Sears, who was in the holiday yes. special and does some original music yeah. for us. And so there's people that were there on the ground at the moment in it or around it or getting to play with stars. So it's a real look at what Star Wars let media do with it back in yeah. this weird, rare time. It is fascinating looking back in it. And even if you look back at that time and say, you know, the handful of novels that we got in the late 70s early 80s you know with the Han Solo adventures the land of... yeah. some of that stuff is really far out and it's this kind of glorious pulpy good fun stuff that doesn't come with all the baggage of the lore and all the other stuff that kind of came after it's just sort of a weird snapshot of what of what a couple of what a handful of creatives thought Star Wars might 
be before it kind of became what it is. It's a it's a lovely time actually to go back and revisit. And if you and if you uh, haven't seen it and you don't know much about the holiday special, it does star Carrie Fisher, mm-hmm. Harrison Ford, Mark Hamill, Peter Mayhew, Anthony Daniels. They are all yeah. back. Astonishingly so. You're getting all your favorite characters. It's it's incredible. And there's some footage, um, some unused stuff from A New Hope even recycled into it. And there's stuff that wasn't re- A New Hope that was used. There's, um, it's really a time capsule to a very strange place in Star yeah. Wars history before Lucasfilm was a fully formed entity when, when Chewbacca could still put his arm around yeah, Darth Vader. Yeah, yeah in in media now you just can't cross <laughs> no. those lines you know starting 1981 you couldn't yeah. cross those lines but this this period was anything yeah. goes was there anything that, that came up for you in, in in the course of making the documentary that, that did you learn anything new or surprising that that, that you hadn't known uh, everything really uh, the whole thing is just it's new and surprising it's these anecdotes from people that are like just talking to the customer about the colors yeah. he chose and how he looked at Star Wars and what those colors were. And he's like, I want to bring color and energy. And then he designs these exotic orange and green dancers and they just feel really garish. Mm. And um, learning about, you know, George's original treatment. Mm. We have that in there. It's five page outline that George yeah. wrote. This is his conception. He wanted to do something like going home with the hobbits and he applied it to the Wookiees. He wanted you to go into this yeah. hubble and live with these people. And he didn't plug the variety stuff in, but what he did do was conceive of a Wookiee holiday, yeah. a life day, and going home with the family. And this document ended up in Ralph McQuarrie's drawer. After he passed, it was found. And we know that George passed this to Ralph to do some initial concepts yeah. based on you know, George's you know, um, initial conceit. There was Raquel Welsh was supposed to be in it. Cher was supposed to be in it. There was a whole other cachet of performer that he was going after they ended up getting a different generation of elder statesmen mm-hmm. from television in the 70s you know art carney b yeah. arthur um and it's um harvey corman you know so it wasn't like the young up-and-coming people that george was targeting there's even a great story about how robin williams was almost in it but he was turned down because he wasn't known huh. enough and then the next month mork and mindy hits so it could have went a very yeah. different way. Yeah, because as soon as you said Robin Williams, I thought that must be around Mork and Mindy time, for sh- surely. Just just missed, the, just missed the boat on the yeah. Star Wars holiday special. Yeah, and he tur- turned out to be a huge mm. Star Wars fan later in life. I mean, he was a Star Wars fanatic. He had a friendship with George. How did your involvement in the documentary come about then, Kyle? I mean, what, what was the, I guess, why now? <laughs> why make a documentary now? And then how did that happen? So, so it was the pandemic. And it was a very early pandemic. Steve Kozak, who's one of the co-directors, mm-hmm. had set out on this quest. Um, he had a lot of inroads into the old crew and filmmakers. Mm-hmm. Um, he grew up in the Hollywood area. His father, I think, managed Bob Hope. He knew a lot of these variety people um, and how to get to them. So he started this process of trying to interview all of them. He had brought on board Jeremy Kuhn, who was a longtime friend. Jeremy had produced Napoleon Dynamite. Mm-hmm. Jeremy and I had also worked together on Raiders, the story of the greatest fan film ever told, which was a, a documentary about the kids who set out to recreate yeah. Raiders shot for shot in the 1980s. It's a great little documentary. Um, so I helped Jeremy make that. And Jeremy brought this to me. And he said, hey, we're doing this crazy thing about the holiday special. I know you love Star Wars. What do you think? And I didn't have to finish anything else. I was like, I'm in. You know, so then they, you know, they were early in the process and they had a few interviews. And so, like I said, it was pandemic. So it was hard to get to yeah. people, it was still lockdowns and stuff and getting into people's homes, especially older people who were the people we were interviewing that were still with us. Um, it was a little tricky. And then I really helped bolster it in terms of, we got Adam F. Goldberg involved and Adam, you know, wrote, um, fanboys and adam's a longtime friend we go back to new york university mm-hmm. days and we always love to collaborate adam wanted in um he was a big fan of the special he'd featured it on the goldbergs uh and and a lot of adam stuff he features these quirky mm-hmm. pop culture things so um he was on board and then together we all just started to populate it with some really interesting people you know kevin smith and Patton oswald and weird al and you know People that experienced it day one or shortly thereafter, people that are big Star Wars fans that could help put it into context, what it was like experiencing it as a fan. Um, And also 
you know, how hard it is to make something and how hard it is to strike lightning twice, yeah. you know? Yeah, I guess it, it must be a fascinating story to look at as a creative person as you are, you know, and experienced as you are when sort of the the many things that can go right and wrong totally. with a production of any kind, right? To kind of be able to stand back from a distance and look at that forensically in, in, in that way and to get so many points of view on it, that must be absolutely fascinating. And it's a very human story. It's not a flashy documentary. It's very unpretentious, very straightforward, very economical, but has a lot of heart and it's a lot of fun. And we just wanted to get to the to the core of the how and the why. It's very people come with these very honest, you know, sometimes heartbreaking mm -hmm. stories. Uh, everyone thought this was going to be the next Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. Everyone thought they got this incredible meal ticket in perpetuity. They're like Frosty the Snowman. Here yeah. we go, and yeah. you know, here it is. It's never aired again. But slowly, it's earned its place back in the marketplace. You see it at Disney uh -huh. parks. You see just this, you know, past week they put out. Star Wars three and three quarter inch Kenner vintage collection Chewbacca Life Day absolutely outfit, which sold out on Hasbro and it's a gorgeous yeah. toy. I mean, look, Life Day is now well established in certainly in the in the new canon. You know, it, it's uh, that there are yeah. a whole collection of short stories. There was a one shot comic. You know, there are little you know, Kashyyyk comes from Lego yeah, Holiday Special. Absolutely, you know, they, Lego gets to explore, and then Guardians of the Galaxy goes and makes yeah. a special. You know, it's it's a it's a joke. And it's the butt of a joke, but it's be, it's permeated modern yeah. pop culture. I, and I, th I think there's an affection that goes along with the joke as well. I, th I think time and distance, I think, totally. afforded afforded everybody that luxury of, of just sort of, you know, it is what it, it is what it is. But it's fun. It's it's crazy, and it's probably best viewed not entirely sober. But <laughs> you should watch. The best way might be to watch it this mm. way before you experience it. We have some of the most beautiful clips. Um, it's all been cleaned up like you've never seen it before. So when we do feature clips from it, it's better than any VHS or anything Amazing. you've ever seen on the internet. It's the way to see it. And in addition to that, the movie has a lot of heart. It doesn't have a mean bone in yeah. its body. It's not trying to sit there and make fun of the Star Wars mm -hmm. holiday special. You, the bad stuff rises to the surface on its own. And the interesting and fascinating and profound stuff, the stuff that was way ahead of its time, also rises to yeah. the surface. And it's just not a mean film. That's why I think critics have really taken to it. We've gone through festivals and currently we're sitting at 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, Fantastic. which is incredible. Like people really take to it despite how simple I would say the documentary yeah. is yeah. in a good way. I've seen that there are some screenings happening um, probably at the minute as we're recording. Uh, we're going to drop this episode on the 17th of November on Life Day. Um, Oh, perfect. But I guess by which time I think some of these, some of the screenings, I know there's a London one coming up in the next week or so. That that'll probably have happened. Where do, where where will folk be able to find this um, in due course? So yeah, there's going to be some screenings throughout the U.S. Mm -hmm. We just had one in in London on the 16th. Yeah. Um, there's going to be some in Australia. So you can check the Disturbance in the Force website, which will aggregate all of the different screening locations. Um, it's screened at Doc NYC in New York this month, which is a prestigious documentary festival. And um, it's all building up towards a big um, VOD release Brilliant. coming in December. Amazing. Date will be TBD. We'll be, we'll be dropping details on November 17th. So Amazing. Amazing. Um, lots of news about it. Everyone will be able to see it. You can rent it. You can buy it. And then it'll be coming to proper streaming next year. I'm really, I'm really, I'm really excited about it. I'm really looking forward to seeing this thing. Um, it, it's it sounds amazing. So fun. Like I'll tell you this: every time I watch it, I've watched it a lot of times. I laugh out loud. Yeah. There's some really genuinely funny stuff. People have there's there's really compelling, charismatic, interesting people talking about this, and that's I think what makes it special. You know, lots of different POVs, and you look at it in a whole new way when you're done watching this documentary you know i think you'll never look at it the same again and that's why i said like i learned so much making it i think that's fascinating is when rather than you know, they would say write what you know i always think it's best to write what you want to know it's the same thing when you're making a documentary i wasn't the holiday special expert i knew about it i knew lots of details about it but by making it we became experts we learned so much about it and we're happy to highlight all that yeah. stuff and, and showcase and curate it for people who've never experienced it or people that have watched it a hundred yeah. times. I, I think it's so exciting to, to know that there will be people who will experience the holiday special through this 
and 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 be prompted to go go off and enjoy it, but but not in a sneery sort of a way to sort of go off and embrace it. I think that's absolutely lovely. I, I, yeah, it's an interesting piece of of Star Wars history and American television mm. history. You know, that's how Star Wars fit into that interesting paradigm back then. You know, when there was only three channels yeah. and you didn't have internet, and what did you do? You all sat on a television after dinner. And you watch these variety shows that tried to appeal to everyone and probably, uh, you know, appeal to no one because they just put a little bit of everything together in a really bizarre way that you just, it doesn't exist anymore. For sure. For sure. Kyle, I know you're really busy, so I don't want to take up too much more of your time. Um, can't wait to to be able to watch the new documentary. Um what what's next? What's coming up next for you, though? Is there, is there anything that you can talk about that uh, you got in the pipeline? Yeah, I am uh, hard at work on the Dungeons and Dragons fiftieth anniversary mm. documentary for Hasbro and E One that'll be coming out next year for the fiftieth anniversary of D and D. Very excited about that. Just had a video come out about ten days ago, which was for Taylor Swift's "Clean" for the uh, Taylor's mm. version of the remaster of her nineteen eighty nine album. And yesterday, this came out, my Dungeons & Dragons cookbook. This is the sequel to our New York Times bestseller. I did this with um, Michael Whitwer and Sam Whitwer. Sam Whitwer is, of course, Absolutely. You know, the brother from Mortis. Mm-hmm. He is star killer. He is uh, voice of the emperor. He's, you know, great actor. And John Peterson, who's a, you know, esteemed game historian. And earlier in the past month, we had this one, our Lauren Legends. Which is the sequel to our book Art and Arcana, yeah. which is a it's a visual history of Dungeons and Dragons, and this this book is a look at the current iteration of the game, the fifth edition, which we're in the middle of right Fantastic. now. Um, it's a companion to the original book, so I've been doing a lot with publishing and a lot with Dungeons and Dragons, and I'm really proud of those two books. And you know, that's that's kind of the latest. We're we're pushing that stuff, and. Um, yeah we'll see more cool stuff hopefully tied into star wars coming in the near future and yeah those D D books look absolutely amazing congratulations on those they are we're very very proud of them the the new cookbook looks and there's a cooking show tied to the cookbook so based on our first book hasbro turned our first cookbook into a cooking show called heroes feast which will be it's amazon freebie fast play so it should be out by the time you hear this amazing um it's free to watch. They're putting 100 hours of Dungeons & Dragons content, and 20 of those hours are 20 episodes of our new cooking show based on our cookbook. Nice. So it's, a, it's surreal. <laughs> it's very surreal. That, that, uh, our Dungeons & Dragons cookbook is a New York Times bestseller, and there's now a cooking show based Life on. is weird. That is amazing. That is absolutely yeah. amazing. Um, that's absolutely fantastic. Kyle, it, where can folk find you uh, online if, if you want them to find you or, or where can they go to find out more about the documentary? Documentary would be a disturbance in the force.com. I believe that's the, it might be a disturbance or disturbance in the force. You'll find it if you type in a disturbance yeah. in the force, the website will pop up. And like I said, it catalogs all the theatrical the appearances for the yeah. film, any festival appearances and, um, yeah, there's going to be one in the UK, I know, in December, and Fanthatrax will probably be sharing news about yeah. it. It's, I think it's in the Birmingham area, okay, or the Bristol okay. area. Which one? Bristol. I think it's in Bristol. Okay. So, be on the lookout. He'll probably put details up if you're in the UK and you're inclined. You can see it on the big screen in December. If it's in the Bristol area, I know one Star Wars author who will definitely be there. Mr. Kevin Scott is a Bristol native, and. Uh... Oh, okay. He's a big fan of um, the holiday special. But yeah, one way or another, I, ho- I hope to see it before the year is out. I hope people get to see it and experience You know, it's there's a lull in Star Wars content right now. You know, we just got through Ahsoka yeah. and much to be debated and discussed, and I enjoyed it. But, you know, obviously there's, there's stuff you want to talk about. And then there's nothing yeah. for a while, you know? So it's a good time to put this out capture the holiday yeah. vibes it's a it's a it's a good holiday watch this with your friends movie and be like holy moly what am i watching <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly we're all about spreading spreading the love we're all about spreading the love of uh, spreading the good gospel of the holiday special kyle thank you so much for, for being so generous with your time today um let me just wish you a happy life day 
and uh, happy holidays. Likewise, happy life day. It's nearly upon yeah. us. I hope everyone gets their Chewbacca action figure in his red Snuggie. Absolutely. I hope you all celebrate life day accordingly. Um, it just gets better, bigger each year. That's yeah. what's great. You know, you're seeing the floodgates open on life day merchandise and conversations about the holiday special yeah. so everyone have a happy life day super thank you thank you so much all right so that was uh me chatting to um film director and producer kyle newman which is which is kind of a weird thing for me because i remember listening to kyle talking on star wars podcasts way back in the late noughties when there only were but one or two star wars podcasts out there <laughs> um but an enormous star wars fan is kyle and um someone whose affection for the the franchise really shines through um so i'm really looking forward to seeing that documentary hopefully um as he indicated that will be available on more widely on streaming services um as we get nearer to christmas i'll certainly be seeking it out um but dan i mean I do want to talk about sort of our own thoughts about the holiday special. Um, I'm most intrigued to get your thoughts about it. Having just watched it in the last couple of hours. Literally um, just watched it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, are, are you... Have you processed it yet? Are you too traumatised to tell us about it? What's going yeah, on with you? I don't know if I'll ever process it. Um hmm. I I pride myself in being one of these Star Wars fans who all Star Wars is good Star Wars. Even the Star Wars that isn't doesn't fully connect with me. Mm-hmm. It's still Star Wars. It's still the galaxy that I absolutely love. Yep. So even, you know, people give Rise of Skywalker a hard time. I still love that film. Yeah. For its faults, I still love it. It's Star Wars. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the Holiday Special... Now, genuinely, this is the first time I've ever watched it. I have watched the Boba Fett short on Disney yeah. Plus before, but I have not seen the holiday special before. Probably the first time I've ever had an experience watching Star Wars, where I genuinely felt outside of the galaxy far, far away, mm-hmm. if, if you get what I mean. I think yeah. I always get very sucked into the universe and sucked into Lucas's world and the fantasy of it all, but I think this was the first time where I was very aware that the Wookiees were humans wearing fluffy suits. (laughs) (laughs) That I was very aware of, like, the the very, like, real world, not even references, but just, like, the singers in the weird, trippy mind sequences. Yeah. The sort of strange sort of bar scene (laughs) later on with the singing and dancing. It, It all... It's not that I don't like musicals because I love it. There was just elements where I felt very outside of Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. And I kind of spent ninety minutes saying, "What on earth?" What? what? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I I have a thing where I I do like to introduce people to it, and you know, usually I watch it with them in person, and usually we have a few drinks because that helps. <laughs> I did have to go pour myself one about halfway through. <laughs> um, you know, and most people that I do that with don't understand why I'm making them do it. And they're struggling all the way through and they're, they're asking themselves exactly that question. What, what is this and what's going on? Um, but yeah, you, you're right. It, it doesn't feel particularly Star Wars, does it? You know, it, 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 start, it starts strong with uh, the Millennium Falcon being chased by a couple of Death Star Destroyers. Yeah. You, you yeah. know, and Han and Chewie have a little bit of Ray Party in, in the cockpit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it nice goes star. into this weird sort of holiday special introduction, which goes on for minutes and minutes and minutes, introducing B. Arthur and Art Carney and, you know, introducing yeah. Chewie's family, his wife Mala and his father Itchy. <laughs> Itchy looks nothing like any Wookiee we've ever seen since, right? And I genuinely was a bit scared. <laughs> yeah, he, he looks like something from like an, an 80s monster horror movie, like a straight-to-video... Yeah, I was It's a very strange design. Classic Doctor Who baddie sort of yeah. vibes off of uh, Itchy there. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, were there any high points for you? Um... I still find the little Boba Fett animation quite charming. Um, uh-huh. D- despite the weird character design and yeah, d- despite the animation. Every- yeah, yeah, despite everything that's really strange about it, I still find it quite charming. 
Yeah. Um, I think the thing. I think the thing that I enjoyed wasn't necessarily the holiday special. Uh, I'm going to be honest; I wasn't really a fan of the story or, or much about it. <laughs> story but, in inverted commas. I yeah, think. it's but, not much going on. I think on. almost like a. It's interesting as like this weird historical artifact of Star Wars of yeah. like, you know the. The, sort of, the, the history of the whole sort of very American sort of holiday special style, but certainly Star Wars blowing up in 77 being this massive global ph- phenomenon. And then a year later getting, I, I don't know, was it hijacked? I still don't know that element of the story yet, but Lucas's yeah. name was not in the credits. I watched it quite closely. Uh-huh. <laughs> so yeah. As that's as almost like a piece of history, I did find it fascinating. Whilst I didn't necessarily enjoy what I was watching, mm. it was just so weird that I was like, "This is interesting because this wouldn't happen anymore." Yeah, and, and that's why I'm fascinated to see Kyle's documentary because yeah, I, I think that's the first time that a lot of the people involved have gone on record and talked about what the heck was happening you know <laughs> from their own perspectives you know yeah, and, and what the context yeah. was and, and I would, why, yeah i'm you know. fascinated by this documentary yeah. really. i mean as an artifact as, as a piece of star wars history i think it's truly fascinating and it's from that really interesting exciting time before there was lots of when star wars was literally one movie you know, yeah. the, the, there wasn't. We didn't even have the Empire Strikes Back at this point. Lucas was hard at work on that, which is one of the reasons that he's not involved in this whatsoever. He, I, th- I think he gave them this vague outline. You know, yeah. that um, yeah, go and you go to Kashyyyk, uh, Chewie's planet, and uh, he's got a wife. You know, <laughs> yeah. you know, George just spitballing nonsense before he goes back to the real date to the real was job. It George, was it George's idea to have like the weird sort of like sexual fantasy helmet? <laughs> I I, well, I suspect not. <laughs> was it George's idea to have the creepy sort of denizen of the bar who sort of like harasses the barmaid and like makes yeah. her really uncomfortable? I hope I, not. I hope that wasn't George. <laughs> no, I mean I I think by all accounts George had nothing to do with actual <laughs> bar the broad strokes of like uh, the idea like, of life. Day. Yeah, yeah, there's a there's a holiday in Hannah and Chewie are trying to get home. You know, it, it's <laughs> just like yeah, all those little segments. I don't think George Lucas had any anything to do with. Yeah. Um, although you know he he's you know, as well as we'll talk about in a bit maybe you know he ha- he has cherry picked I think a couple of little bits from 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 there and and they've had a legacy um, going forward. I mean, yeah, I. I like it. I, I like it because it's weird and because it defies all sense or logic. Yeah. Because it's weird and shonky and just absolutely crazy. You know? Yeah. It's, think, it, it, there is a charm to it if you can just kind of keep pushing through. I was surprised, actually, because I heard so much talked about the holiday special. And that it was weird and that it was wacky and weird and wacky stuff is actually quite a lot of my taste. Mm. Um, like I, I, I like things that sort of subvert expectation. I like things that actually just really dive deep into the weird. So I kind of expected myself to really like this. Yeah. <laughs> and I ultimately didn't, but yeah. I, I guess I am, I am of a different generation of, of that. 70s television style so mm. I, i'm not used to that style of tv that's not yeah, tv yeah. that i watched when i grew up yeah um yeah. I, I mean it, it it does commit the crime of being quite boring quite a lot of the time yeah you know some of those segments go on for quite a while and they're not funny they're not interesting yeah. there's this whole weird sequence where and, and you don't it's not really even clear why you're seeing it or how you're seeing it or how it fits into the narrative that um, there's I think is it one of Art Carney's sequences or Art Carney's scene where he's in a shop and there's a weird imperial trooper in the shop, yeah, to, and he's browsing these items in the shop and clearly the imperial guy has been overdubbed by this really weird husky voiced guy, and it's the whole thing is bananas and you're like why yeah. why are we seeing this scene playing out? It takes like five or ten minutes or something. It feels like it's half an hour. The, it just the, goes on and on and on. The cantina scene felt like that to me. 
Yeah, it's another one that, yeah, the piercing uh, just goes out the window in there. Yeah, it was kind of like, sort of looking at my watch, like, wait, what's going on here? Yeah, <laughs> but, like... but, it's, but it's B. Arthur from the Golden Girls singing a song. <laughs> but to me, I, I actually never seen the Golden Girls. Okay. So that yeah. connection didn't yeah. quite add up. Yeah. Um, so I think there's elements of it that maybe just because I'm a, what, what am I, am I a Zoomer? I don't know what's the opposite of a boomer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, the, 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 there are folk who are in a worse position than me that who who are maybe a bit older and born in the right country, so they saw this thing yeah. at the time, you yeah. know. Um, but in their brains, they merged the, that cantina scene with the cantina scene from A New Hope, <laughs> you know. So there are people out there who will swear blind to you that they saw some of those characters in the cantina scene in A New Hope, <laughs> you know. Um, because they you know their memories played a number on them. Yeah, um, yeah. It's very odd. It, it's a very strange scene. I, I, I think I, I liked. I, I think the element of like Chewie needing to get back to his family for Life Day. Yeah, I liked. But because we spent our entire time with the Wookie family, the weird who, who don't speak basic. The weird random guy in the Imperials, um, and then the Cantina people. We didn't, and it would obviously be because Harrison Ford and Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher were like, "We're way too expensive for this. You can have us for yeah. a day, and that's it." But I almost, in my head, when it started, I was like, "Right, this is going to be Han and Chewie on an adventure to get mm, back to Kashyyyk." No, no, and no, no, it, no. And it isn't that. There's, the, there's <laughs> going to be ha- a, a scene with Han and Chewie, and then you're going to have a quick video call with Luke. Uh, and then a wee bit later, after some dancing and maybe Jefferson Starship, I can't remember, um, there'll be a scene where you talk, have a video call with Leia, but she's I don't know, doing her taxes or something. I can't even yeah. remember. And, <laughs> and um, C-3PO's there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you know, they are, and I guess they do all come in for this finale, right, for the Life Day ceremony. <laughs> with, which, which... with Carrie Fisher singing. Yes. Um, <laughs> oh, I love that. Oh, I mean, yeah. the... The, the, for for me, that kind of is the highlight. It's the, you know, the life day ceremony, this weird wiki ceremony. They've all got the gluey yeah. balls and they're wearing the red robes. And uh, then Carrie Fisher gives this impassioned speech <laughs> and sings about freedom and a day think, of hope and a day of yeah, love. I think for me, some of the life day stuff since then has done the life day ceremony better, in my opinion. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so... Yeah, like I think about the. I'm holding it up to 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 show Johnny, but I know uh-huh. no one listening. But the Life Day comic mm-hmm. that came out a couple of years ago, I think this is a really nice Life Day story with some fun sort of wiki culture stuff in it. Yeah, and it's more my personal cup of tea, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. That, that that's a nice segue. Let's let's talk about the legacy uh, of the 78 holiday special in star wars storytelling uh you know, it, it has enjoyed i think a, a bit of a rehabilitation you know in, in recent years certainly with i think it was very much shunned in the legends continuity you know uh star wars clearly went through i think sort of its its teenage years where it was just a bit too, too a bit too cool for school and you know yeah, yeah. It, it the the holiday special had no place in that world um now we are seeing creators and storytellers who are willing to, to sort of reincorporate bits of it. But I guess even before that, Lucas himself um, did carry things through um, and, other, and other creators did carry a few things through. Uh, things, things like Kashyyyk. You know, th- 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 this yeah. is the first time we saw Kashyyyk and, 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 and saw the Wookiee homeworld, you know? Um, and I, I wish I could remember, I can't remember off the top of my head, if Kashyyyk did appear and was called Kashyyyk in the, like, the really early drafts that Lucas did for Star Wars. Because right. um, there are versions of that which did end with Wookiees kind of fulfilling the role of Ewoks that kind of came. Right, that, okay. that bore, that bore yeah. fruit in Return of the Jedi, uh, but he didn't have the budget, so he slashed the story into pieces. Um, <laughs> Made him shorter as well. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> moved, moved, a, moved a vile. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think you mentioned it earlier, though, you know, so, so not just Kashyyyk in sort of Star Wars lore in general, but more recently than Chewie's family, right? You, you mentioned the yeah. Aftermath books. and w- w- can, you, can you remember what we get in those books? 
Yeah, so in in Aftermath, Life Debt, which... Is it Life Debt? That's the title. I, I think correct. it is, yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Which I Number have not two. read. I have not read in quite a few years. I'm going to be re- reading it um, fairly soon for, for kind of catch-up. But um, we go back to Chewbacca's... Well, we go back to Kashyyyk to help free the slaves on Kashyyyk. And we're introduced to Chewbacca's family in Aftermath. Mm. There are canon... Yeah. Um I'm trying to remember the names. Well, I think it's done really nicely because it was one of those kind of like if you knew you know things. Yeah. Because initially we're introduced to Waru. Waru, that's it. And, and of course he he's lumpy here in the holiday special, but his yeah. full name is you know I think even then was Lumpo Waru. Lump, yeah, that's it. That rings right. Yeah, but, yeah. So it's shortened to Lumpy in the holiday special, but I guess he he's a bit more grown up now as we find yeah. him in in aftermath, and it's yeah, no dad, it's Waru. Yeah. You know, don't want to be associated with that uncool. Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, but I remember, I remember, I remember that, uh, that 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 was a I remember that was a big moment for me as a, as a fan of the, as someone who with affection for the holiday special reading that aftermath book was like, Oh, that's nice. Yeah. You know, yeah. a bit of lumpy, you know, a yeah. bit of love there for, for that stuff, <laughs> you know, and, and that was the tip of the iceberg because since then we've, we've had a lot more, I mean, you mentioned the comic book there as well. The one shot. Yeah. The, the Star Wars life day one shot, which I actually until the other day when I was going through boxes, completely forgot that I actually had bought. Um, and it's got some really nice cover art from Phil Noto of Han yeah. and Chewie and then the, the one of the Rosha trees on Kashyyyk and some of the, the Wookiees in the red robes that we obviously yeah. see in in the holiday special. Um, and then it's it's sort of got a framing story by Cabin Scott um, around sort of Han and, and, and Chewie. Um, and then we've got these three different sort of life day stories. Yeah. Um, Written by Justina Ireland is one of them, doesn't she? Yeah, she does. Um, does she do the High Republic set one, or is that Justina Ireland's is called Deck the Halls, and yeah, that's the one with um, Buriaga. Buriaga, yeah, and, which is my favourite little, yeah, which is my favourite little story in that one. It's really lovely, yeah. Um, so yeah, that that is like for me, I guess a a version of life day in a version mm. of the holiday story that i connected with better yeah, I guess. yeah testament to how much i love life day in the holiday special that is the only star wars comic that i have bought multiple variants of for the covers oh really yes <laughs> yeah there, there's there's some lovely variants there yeah uh, i think there are, there, there are three variants in all uh and i've got them all yeah i'm one of these people that if i see phil noto cover art even if it's the main version i'll just that's enough for me because yeah, I, phil yeah, noto's cover great. art is some of my favorite yeah he's amazing he's amazing yeah. um have you picked up and read the life day treasury by george mann and kevin scott so i have picked up the life day treasury i have flicked through it and looked at the pretty pictures uh-huh but i actually haven't read it yet i oh this is the year then yeah so i think this is going to be the year for me because I went, I went to, I think, was it last year or the year before? I went to read it. Mm. No, it would have been the year before. I think I went to read it, and then The Fallen Star randomly arrived in the post like two weeks early from uh, us. I was gonna oh, read it, it did. I remember oh, yeah. that year. Everybody in the UK got The Fallen Star before Christmas, and it wasn't due until yeah. the 2nd so, of Jan or something. So it was going to be my little sort of Christmas yeah. read for Instagram and that sort of thing, and then The Fallen Star arrived in the post, and I was like, I'm sorry, I yeah, can't. So, sorry, so George. Sorry, it, Kev. <laughs> it got put to the side, um, and yeah. I flicked through it multiple times. I've looked at the beautiful artwork in it. I really, really want to dive into it, so I, I think now's going to be yeah. the time. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm an enormous fan of of that. It's it's it really is sort of the third installment of those short story collections by George Mann. Although Kevin Scott's yeah. on board for this third one, the Life Day Treasury, uh, and they all have that brilliant art by Grant Griffin, which, which kind of yeah. always reminds me. It's almost like I mean, you may be too young to remember Young Daniel. Um, the like these little hardback Ladybird storybooks. I don't know if you remember these with 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 quite old fashioned style artwork for like classic fairy tales like Rapunzel or Snow White. Right, yeah, yeah, no, I, I can picture. Yeah, the yeah. the art style is very much like that, or, or very much like you might find like in a really old children's Bible or something. They've got yeah. that. They've almost got like a Sunday school vibe to them, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, really interesting style and fits perfectly. This kind of like folklore take on yeah. actual fairy tales and folklore tales 
from the galaxy far, far away. They kind of present it almost as these are the tales that people in the galaxy far, far away tell each other. Yeah, you know, I'm a huge fan of Dark Legends. I, I love it. It's great, isn't collection. it? It's great. Yeah. I yeah, I, I I did my annual Halloween reread um the other week and just yeah, I love it. Yeah, I love it. Uh, I, I do all three of those every year. I kind of I usually do Myths and Fables sometime around September, early October. I'll do Dark Legends for Halloween, and at some point in the next three or four weeks, uh, I'll probably do Life Day Treasury. Treasury. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, just just as we kind of start feeling a bit jolly and festive, you know. <laughs> Um, what what else have have we had in terms of sort of the the, the resurgence? Um, you know what we haven't talked about? Four armed chefs, Gormanda, the four armed I... the four armed chef. Yes, right? stir yes. whip stir whip 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 stir. Yeah, okay. This might have been the moment that lost me a little bit. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And the, the, the fourth form that comes out so she can sneeze. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, I, I, actually, I, I, yeah. Aside from the Life Day ceremony, Gourmand is my personal highlight of, of the whole thing. I flip, I flip <laughs> and love it. Um, but the, the, only the first of many four-armed chefs in Star Wars. Lucas Absolutely. took that idea and yeah. he ran with it. Yeah. Um, the, 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 there's, there's a little known one who popped up then in the early to mid-80s in the Droids cartoon, in the early, early episodes of the Droids cartoon. Right. Uh, we've got Dexter Jetster. Dexter Jetster, of course. We've yeah. had... Um, the, the multi-armed chef droids in both Attack of the Clones and more recently Book of Boba Fett and yeah, Jabba's Palace. The General Grievous. Yeah, um, General Grievous cook droid. Yeah. Uh, and I think that there's, <laughs> the a there's a four-armed chef in the Young Jedi Adventures as well, more recently. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, in, the, in that little town that they are having the little adventures and scripts. In. The many-armed chef has truly yeah. been so that the, Yeah, the four-armed chef is a Star Wars trope that kind of goes back to Brilliant. 78 and just keeps on trucking. Brilliant. <laughs> which I, which, which I kind of love. I, I, I love it when a new forearm chef pops up. It's another little, <laughs> just, just another little nod, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, and I think Gormanda was technically re-canonized in, um, it's that book of short stories by Landry Q. Walker called Star Wars Aliens, Volume 1. Right, okay. Which sort of, Timeline-wise, it was kind of a Force Awakens tie-in, and timeline-wise, probably slots in somewhere in the years leading up to the Force Awakens. Yeah, and there's a story there about um, Cookie Struggs, the chef at Mascanada's castle, and he mentions Gormanda, I think, um, as like a, 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 maybe she's like a sort of a TV so it's celebrity. Canon. <laughs> Yeah, she's like a Hollywood celebrity chef or something in, Star- in the Galaxy Far, Far Away. I, I quite like that, like that, actually. I, I quite like yeah. the, the Hollywood chef. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I kind of, yeah. So, so she's in there. She's in there. Sort of the Gordon Ramsay of the, of the Star Wars universe. I mean, who, who want, wouldn't want to hear the uncensored version of Gormanda tearing yeah. shreds out of people? Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah, I'd quite, I'd, yeah, slapping them with all four arms. <laughs> I'm here for that. I'm here for that. Anytime Kevin Scott wants to wants to bring it. Yeah, yeah, no, that sounds brilliant. Um, the one other thing I get, I guess that that we haven't chatted about. We we got another holiday special in Star Wars. We did only a couple of years ago, didn't we? Yeah, I mean, I guess have, have we now had three? Because we got we, the the holiday yeah. special. The mm-hmm. Halloween special, and then yeah, was terrifying like the, tales, and then there's the vacation, the summer, special, vacation summer vacation, one. Yeah. yeah. But specifically the Lego holiday special, I absolutely loved it. Yeah, it's great. Really, really surprised me at how much I loved it. Um, and you had that bonkers scene with like all the Obi Wan Kenobi's saying, "Oh, hello, there, hello, there, hello, there, hello, there. It yeah. was so much fun. It was. I know it's not canon, but it was. It was fun seeing the sequel trilogy yeah. crew again in the Falcon with Ray and Finn. Yeah, totally. And well, as they've always said with some of that that Lego Star Wars stuff, it's not canon, but it's canon adjacent. You know, yeah. and they and they do. You know, they did it with the Freemaker tales, the Freemaker adventures. You know, if a if a canon character pops up in that story in that time frame they have satisfied themselves that that is sort of sufficiently adjacent to canon or sufficiently close Possible so i think enough, for, yeah. for example we got i think we got hera in the freemaker adventures right. set post return of the jedi i believe and that was the first indication of where she might be 
you know, yeah. post Return of the Jedi, years before we actually got any canon storytelling that kind of clarified that, you know. Um, so, so the idea that that holiday special sort of dives into with Ray teaching um, Finn, yeah, you know that 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 would appear to be a you know history suggests that that's something an, an idea they're comfortable with from a canon perspective. Mm. Yeah, I, yeah, I I loved them and I thought they like really captured the holiday spirit at the end of the the the, sh- the film the short film with the you know them gathering for sort of. I guess is it yeah. Christmas or Thanksgiving sort it's, of life well, it's, day? It's, it's for life day. They got the they've got the roasted tip. Yep. Yeah, that's uh, it. Yeah, yeah. So they <laughs> gather for that, and like that, I really, really liked. And, yeah. You know, I I know it's not life day related, but the sort of continuing legacy of sort of like the Halloween specials yeah. from that Lego one, but to some of the work that Cavan Scott's been doing in in comics, yeah. um, with his sort of tales from. Vader's Castle and the Rancor Pit and the Death Star. Yeah, I know it's yeah. not quite holiday special, but it's sort of capturing that festive, that annual festive sort of yeah. experience. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a shame that, that we, we didn't get a new one this year, did we? Summer Vacation was actually 2022, I think. Yeah, so we haven't had this, this is the first one. year for yeah. a couple of years now that, that we haven't had a new one. Mm-hmm. I guess maybe we've run out of real world holidays that they've got a solid idea to tie into. Yeah, what about a Valentine's Day one? Yeah, there must be a Valentine's Day equivalent Surely. in yeah, yeah. Just Afra going about <laughs> Lego Afra. Lego Afra going about uh, having you know what? Dates. what? Yeah, hold that thought. That, that that sounds like a conversation we need Chris on board for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't I can't talk Afra about Chris. <laughs> fantastic, fantastic. I mean, I yeah. The 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 holiday special thing is an idea. Um, it's probably just not um not fully mined you know mm-hmm. there's, there's, there's definitely more potential and i mean outside of star wars i would love to mention the guardians of the galaxy holiday special oh yes came out last year i'm a big marvel fan huge guardians of the galaxy fan um and i was very interested when they announced they were doing a guardians of the galaxy holiday special and james gunn said when they announced it this was inspired by the Star Wars holiday special. It was inspired by the holiday specials of that era. Yeah. And I remember thinking, what on earth is this going to be like? And I absolutely adore that. It's amazing, special. isn't it? it I, do- I downloaded the soundtrack as soon as, oh, soon as I'd finished watching it. It's like, amazing. That, that, that soundtrack's on my Christmas playlist. Oh, it's, the, the Christmas song at the beginning is yeah. phenomenal. It's oh, The whole it's thing is phenomenal. I it's just love it. I love so, it. so, so good. So... And can you imagine watching Guardians of the Galaxy 3 in the Kevin Bacon scene if you hadn't actually watched the holiday special? You'd be exactly. like, what the heck is yeah. that? Yeah. So I think that regardless of, you know, what my opinion on the Star Wars holiday special or various mm. people out there, that it has created this incredible legacy because you've got, mm-hmm. you know, a massive franchise like Marvel, huge director like James Gunn taking influence from it. And yeah making you know i mean guardians of the galaxy is the superhero version of star wars it's space yeah. opera it's lucas yeah. inspired and they've taken that holiday special element as well and made a really yeah. weird and fun yeah. and quirky superhero story which brilliant i adore yeah yeah i i'm glad you mentioned it because uh, and i think kyle mentioned it as well in, in our chat but i i sort of i'd forgotten about it um but it's going to be on my uh, my list of things to rewatch yeah. as as we as we run up uh, into the festive season for sure, for sure. Oh, I have like a list of sort of films I like to watch on the run up to Christmas, mm. uh, and it's a weird list because it includes like Die Hard and yeah know, stuff like that. But the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special is now going to be part of it's that. It's definitely annual. on there. Yeah. yeah. Do 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 you have Gremlins on your list? I don't. That that that's one of my Christmas yeah. ones, but not every year. But uh, I, it definitely reminds yeah. me of maybe 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 I'm a, I'm of a certain age that that was very much a, an eighties childhood Christmas movie. You yeah, know? I'm sort of I'm a bit bit more sort of like old school with It's a Wonderful Life and I I I love It's a Wonderful Life, but my wife doesn't want to watch it because there's too much life before you get to the wonderful. 
yeah, it's, it's a dreadful life until it's a bit wonderful at the <laughs> right? end. Right? Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, I, 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 I usually I get my little hit of my little hit of It's a Wonderful Life via Gremlins when uh, the mother is watching It's a Wonderful Life on course, TV in yeah. that scene, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like we need a Star Wars version of It's a Wonderful Life. Surely there's well, a... That's a that's a way to go. I mean, I, I'd be more than happy if they just churned out more sort of Life Day themed yeah. holiday specials. Yeah, but like, so yeah, would I. Yeah. Do, do, a riff, do, do riffs on Christmas classics. Mm-hmm. You know? Because the 78 one isn't for me. No. But the idea of Life Day, the idea of holiday specials, the idea of revisiting this, this idea every yeah. year is something yeah. I'm really into. So I would like them to continue mining it because it is... Yeah fun yeah i mean I, I was kind of hoping we were going to get an annual one-shot comic there but we didn't yeah. get one last year it's a shame you know? that we just and I'd, one, I'd yeah. happily take one every year yeah more than happy to do so um but you know if, if that's if that's where your brain's at now having even having watched the holiday special <laughs> then I, I think you're really gonna love that life day treasury by kevin and george yeah yeah uh, it really it. hits that sweet spot you know and it's not all life day some of the stories are sort of other the festive holidays on other planets, but it's they've all got that festive vibe going on somewhere. Well, you know? I've, got, I've got a bit of a <clears throat> a man month ahead of me because I've got Eye of Darkness arriving in the post tomorrow, and then I've got Life Day Treasury that I'm going to have to read afterwards. So, uh-huh. you were halfway through that sentence before I realised you meant jo- a George man themed month as opposed to <laughs> a man month, a, a man themed month, <laughs> a George I'm... man themed. But I wasn't. I'm not going to be out there like chopping wood and like. <laughs> Drinking beer and you know doing bad man stereotypes. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> cool, cool. Well, um, what will you be doing this life day then, as we head into our wrap up? How, how will you how will you mark your own life day? Life day is Friday, is it? Yeah, th- today, the day this episode drops. The day yes. the episode drops. What am I doing today? I'm probably sitting at work, shivering <laughs> in the cold. <laughs> ah, <laughs> and, Scotland. And then coming back from work and. Pouring myself a nice, nice festive life day beer, I reckon. Sounds good. Sounds I might good. even stick some Star Wars on the TV. You never know. Yeah, but maybe just the faithful wiki from Disney Plus, not the whole holiday special. <laughs> yeah, all it's over funny, again. so it might end up being an episode of Rebels, to be honest. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I, I reckon I will probably. Uh, I mean, I'm going to be working during the day, but I might just have the holiday special streaming in the background for mm-hmm. for a little bit of that, and uh, probably treat myself to uh, maybe starting my reread of the Life Day Treasury with that first story, the Still and Geos story, um, just to kind of get myself going. Um, yeah, yeah. All right. I mean, I, I think that's going to do it for for, for this year's Life Day special episode, yeah. Dan. Um, I'm looking forward to making this something of a regular, uh, an, an annual thing. Maybe next yeah. year we can get some, some of the other guys. We, we, we had originally hoped to have more folk on this episode, but life and illness and schedules conspired against this. Um, unfortunately, Chris couldn't make it. He's feeling poorly. So we send Chris life day wishes and get well wishes. And, uh, and and Morgan was tied up with some family stuff. But, you know, that's the time of year for family stuff, folks. Yeah. Yeah, but no, um, I, I like the idea of this being an annual thing. Um, yeah, yeah. Even if you know, next time we, you know, really dive into the comic and the treasury, and you know, m- maybe next time next year we can get Chris's first time opinion on the holiday special because I know Absolutely. he hasn't watched it either. Absolutely. So yeah, we can make it a tradition. And, and one year, when you're all really familiar with it, we'll do the commentary track. <laughs> the commentary track. Of- just me consistently cracking more and more drinks just to, <laughs> to, to get through it. I'm too sober. <laughs> All right. I think that's going to do it. Um, Dan, why don't you let the folks listening know where they can find you online, if you don't mind them finding you online. Uh, if this is the first time you've ever listened to one of these podcasts, you can find me at Vader's Castle Library on Instagram, posting about Star Wars books and comics. And I am on this podcast quite a lot, uh, mostly on Canon Catch-Up and the monthly Comics Roundup show. Absolutely. Doing a stellar job keeping both of those on track, man. Well, and I should plug, we have mentioned him in today's Life Day uh, discussion because he was a contributor in the Life Day comic and the Life Day treasury. Kevin Scott 
we have got an interview with Kevin Scott coming out on Monday. So it's a brilliant interview. Kevin is an absolute delight and he gives some really, really insightful chat about the High Republic and more soul stuff. So stay tuned for that as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. I am really looking forward to hearing that one. Mm -hmm. Um, I always love listening to the shows that I'm not involved in. (laughs) Me too. It's great. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And and folks, if you haven't heard enough of me already, you can find me online, usually on Instagram or threads, is at Journals of the Wills. That's journals with an S and Wills with an itch. And uh, of course, you can reach out to the whole podcast team uh, on all the usual social media channels. And there you're looking for at SWBC Podcast. Oh, um, let's just fire one more plug in. We hmm. are in the process, hopefully, all things going to plan, of having a star wars holiday quiz christmas quiz holiday quiz on the podcast uh we are still sort of in the process of assembling teams of contestants to take part so if you are interested it's going to be like an an ordinary podcast recording but with a set of questions that we quiz people and we see who wins so if you're listening and you're keen to contribute get in touch with the swbc podcast instagram page and uh, we will try and schedule you in absolutely absolutely good stuff i think all all that remains is to say goodbye and a happy life day so it's a goodbye from dan goodbye happy life day and i will try and sleep tonight without the nightmares of itchy (laughs) or or weird men pouring alcoholic beverages into their head yes (laughs) that's one that will haunt you Um, (laughs) and and it's a goodbye from me folks happy life day thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time on the star wars book community podcast bye this holiday is yours But we all share with you the hope that this day brings us closer to freedom and to harmony and to peace. No matter how different we appear, we're all the same in our struggle against the powers of evil and darkness. I hope that this day will always be a day of joy in which we can reconfirm our dedication and our courage, and more than anything else, our love for one another. This is the promise of the Tree of Life. Lovely.